0: It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores a golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, do sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff.
1: Just open up the door and let the
0: good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, the Answer KSEY in Wichita Falls and a couple other stations around in the Golf News Network. I'm your host, JT. We'd like to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf, home of the Ben Hogan Demo Program, no risk ob- or obligation. Check it out at benhogangolf.com. Well, he's back He's my favorite sensei of the uh, sports writing world, and especially of golf. Gary Van Sickle joins us today. Hey, bud, how are you? It's great to be had by you. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just get my wife to say that. Um, so what, what's going on in, in the world of golf, man? It's We've got, uh, you know, we've got. I I posted a thing the other night. Let me back that up a second, Gary. I posted a thing the other night on Twitter and I, and I get into this thing called real golf chat. It's like every Tuesday or Wednesday night. I don't remember which one. And it's kind of fun. People share their thoughts and stuff. And I, my thought was we've got a handful of golfers that could potentially be a superstar. And that's talking about LPGA and uh, uh, PGA tour. But we've got a lot of lot of really good, they're great golfers, but I don't see as, as superstars really rising right now. I want your thoughts.
1: Well, if you think uh, you can tie it in, I mean, the only news in golf is this whole proposed super golf league with Greg Norman fronting it and the Saudi money. If you think it, they kind of go together because if you're going to have a super golf league, you they need the guys who move the needle. Right. So, who moves the needle? Believe it or not, Tiger Woods is still number one. Phil Mickelson's number two. And I would say number three is Bryson DeChambeau because everywhere he goes, he gets written about or covered every day. Sure. Those three guys, they're that top level. They're the top three guys who really move the needle. Then after that, there's a, there's nobody else. There's a big drop-off. Then you get down to John Rahm. Nice guy, number one in the world. Looks like he's going to win a lot of tournaments. Rory McIlroy, uh, been around a long time. People like him. He's got a name recognition. Uh, Brooks Koepka, maybe. You know, he's won four majors. Some people like him. Some people dislike him. But he's he's got a name we know. And uh, sure. who am I leaving? Uh, I'm leaving somebody else out there. But they're in that next... Oh, Jordan Smith. You know, he's the guy we... Uh, I mean, he almost killed himself—a pebble hitting a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the shot of the year, no matter what, because he could have—he risked death to hit that shot. So those four, but those four guys are are not anywhere near the class of the top three. So when you get down to who's the superstar, who do the who is there that the fans really live and die with? Well, Tiger and Phil, and then Deshambo—they're interested in. And after that, you know, and then so after those four guys, now you're down to another tier of guys who are good players who've won majors. Justin Thomas and, you know, uh, I don't know, Justin Rose, Victor Hobble and Ricky Fowler's and all the commercials. It's interesting how the public doesn't really have anybody that they're focused on. They're interested in like anything like Tiger and Phil and and chambo who's a kind of a freak show so yeah that's that's not necessarily a bad thing but golf is always more interesting when there's a king of the hill everybody's trying to knock him off or her off in the case of women's golf sure Uh, parody is parody just winds up being boring it just is
0: you know yeah well you get Uh, like right now, you can't see it, but off screen here, I've got the waste management on down there. And there, of course, their big deal is the 16th hole and all that stuff. And that makes for kind of fun television. The 16th hole does. But other than that, to me, waste management is just another tournament. Uh, It's fun. I, I love it. I used to live down there. I, I know the course, I know the area it's, it's great, but you know, the 16 is what really echoes out to people, especially the TV viewers on that on that particular tournament.
1: Well, the big crowds on the weekend, especially, separated. Well, mainly Saturdays, the big day. Sundays, you know, a pretty good crowd. But it's, you know, for them, it's probably 50 or 60,000, yeah. which is astounding, But, you know, Saturday, they get something around 180 to 240,000. That's that sets that tournament apart, and how many of those people are there to watch golf? So it gives it an exciting atmosphere for being in the middle of the desert. But uh, the finishing holes are exciting in Phoenix. You've seen a lot of stuff happen. I, I enjoy that part of it. But I mean, I hate to. I don't. Let's not get into talking about the ball. But remember, when eighteen, used to be a hard hole at the TPC Scottsdale, and now a large number of these guys pound it right over the lake. The lake's not even there. The lake's not even in play on the left side. They hit it over it. It's like a 300-yard carry. So what? Not, not a problem. So they've, you know, some of the fear, that hole used to be a, oh, you had to make a par here to win. Oh that was going to be a tough four. Now now your only threat is you're going to hit it through the fairway into the fairway bunker or, or what. So Right. Uh, it, it is, you know, honestly, if you stand back, every tour stop is just another week on the tour. So, you know, you can get jaded and and look at that, the same thing, the world golf championships, uh, they're not very interesting. They're just another, another event with fewer guys. I I don't think there is as interesting as some of the other tournaments, but they're just, they're just, they're all just tournaments. And, you know, if you get this world, the super league going, they're they're just going to be tournaments on the other side of the world that we're not going to care about because we're not going to be watching TV at three in the morning.
0: No. No, that's true. What What are your thoughts on Norman and, and the Saudi money? I've actually been to Saudi Arabia, and believe me, they got all the money they could possibly ever want there. Um, I'll say one thing. You won't find a chuck hole in the roads in Riyadh. Those those are the best roads you're ever going to drive on in their freeways. You might see a guy with a $300,000 Mercedes and a sheep in the backseat that's going home for dinner, but it's it's an interesting place. I played golf there at a little place called Derab, which had a little nine-hole. It was for the oil guys, you know, uh that lived around there. And and did, that was kind of fun. But did you have to score? Squ- did you carry
1: a score a little square of artificial turf to hit off of or did it have to have-
0: They they gave it to you, yeah. If you yeah. wanted to. Yeah.
1: But otherwise so, you're in the desert or what?
0: Yeah, and they did have some grass and they kept it pretty, pretty green, pretty watered, but there's there's lots of sand uh, everywhere you go. There's lots of sand. And um, of course, it makes it a little different to hit off of all the time, because uh, even though it was, you know, they had 340, yard holes, you still fe- felt that you were always wanting to hit a wedge or something there just, just because of the way it was laid out, it was, it was a pretty course palm trees, you know um, they didn't lack for sand in the bunkers. That's for sure. But it was, um, it was different. You know, it was, it was really different to, to play there. I don't know. You know, I know Norman took a run at this years ago, but. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Well, it's, he did it twice really. And got shut down twice. The funny thing here is, look, the only thing the PGA Tour has to entice players is money. You know, they're up against trying to get the Players' Championship to be a fifth major whatever. They don't have 100 years of history. They don't have this stuff. What they have is money. So they invented the FedEx Cup, which is just a cash grab. It's about the money. right? So that's their main attraction. And now here comes somebody who's got 10 times the amount of money that Tour has. So you can see where that would be attractive to a player where hey, I could play for three years and get $50 million and never have to play again, except you're probably going to have to spend three years you know, in Asia or Australia, or we don't even know where it's going to be. Look, right. There's a lot of talk about this, and it reminds me of the, the past two times Norman has tried to get this off the ground. It might to be an all talk and no action. And so, okay, we've been hearing all this talk. Phil's pumping it up. I mean, I feel like Westwood and Mickelson are already signed up. Uh, we don't know that, but I feel like it's perfect for them. Look, they're they're near 50 or over 50 in Phil's case. They probably really can't beat anybody anymore, and now they're guaranteed money. They don't have to worry about making cuts, and they're, they're going to get big guarantees.
0: Oh, yeah. Almost reminds you of a shell game or something. We're going to take a break here on Grilling It's Green. We're going to be back with Gary Van Sickle right after this. Don't go away. Hi everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back here to Grilling at the Green on AM 816, the Golf News Network, and uh, sundry of other stations across the country. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff and Golf News Net. Uh, we're talking with our buddy Gary Sickle today. Gary's always been very generous with his time with this show, and we really appreciate that. I want to talk about the LPGA Tour for a second, Gary. The, the same thing is, um, you know, surfaces in especially social media these days. They need more television time. Um, and there's, you know, equity in that and that type of thing. And I would agree to that. Um, You know, Mike Wan is up at USGA now, and he's raised some more money for the Women's US Open. I think that's terrific. Um, What would be your advice to get them, you know, one, a little bit more money, but two, also more exposure to people? Because, like, when the LPGA comes to Portland, where I live, it's very well attended. People love it, you know. Uh, except then you have to go home and you wait till ten o'clock at night to watch the replay on Golf Channel, which is one o'clock in the morning your time.
1: Nobody's preventing them from playing for ten million dollars a week and being on TV every week. Nobody got to go out and sell it, right? Why can't they sell it because the the viewership is not there. People don't want to watch it. So everybody who's talking about, well, we, you know, they should have. Occasionally you'll see some columnists somewhere saying, well, the women should be playing for the same amount of money as the men. Well, nobody's stopping them. Go out and do it. The fact is the sponsors aren't interested because the viewers aren't interested. You know, this is this is a general generality that's, you know, obviously gonna be not necessarily true, but men don't like men don't care about women's sports and women don't care about sports. And those there's a lot, there's wrong things wrong with those statements, but Part of that is true. So, golf is a niche sport, and women's golf is a niche of a niche of a niche sport. You're never going to be playing for the same kind of money money as men. You're never going to be get the same kind of TV time. So, you got to make the best of what with what you have. And I, Mike Wan did that. The problem is, uh, they can find sponsorship money in Asia, Korea, in, in Korea and Japan. Women's golf is huge. They're rock stars. Right the top players that's never going to happen here. I don't think unless, uh, you know, you need a superstar player who wins 12 times a year and she's going to need to look like, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston or right. I don't, I don't know who the, the, you know, the hot female actress of the day is, but you need, but you need, the, you need, you need looks to attract men and you need, I don't know what you need to attract women. I, I don't, you know, uh, it's just, It always irks me when I hear some women LPGA players say, "Well, it's not fair that we don't get coverage." It's like, well, you get it is fair. You get the amount of coverage you've earned. You need to go out and get the viewers and the spectators. And you know, we went through this with women's basketball years ago, women's college basketball, a long time ago. I mean, you can go to a Big Ten game and 20 years ago, and there'd be you know 50 fans there. Well, why should that game be televised? Nobody supports it. And that's what women's golf has. You have to find a way to get sponsors interested. And to do that, you've got to get fans interested. Fans aren't that interested. So, how do you do that? You, you don't. You have to have a better product. Maybe you got to try some different formats, uh, but you have to be on mainstream TV. The golf channels overloaded with senior golf, men's golf, I mean, the PGA Tour, the European Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. There's nothing left in the daily slot, like you said. I don't want to watch. Wait till 10 o'clock at night to watch it. It's got to be on live. So they've got to find a way to get on live TV on some network, or maybe they maybe they need to go to the go to the internet. Maybe it needs to be street live streaming. Maybe that's their answer. But they need to they need to get exposure, and maybe with enough exposure, they could they could gain some traction. But you know nobody. ESPN is a great venue. One thing ESPN does, any sport they have, they subtly promote the heck out of it. I know you've watched the top 10 plays of the day. Well, once ESPN started showing English soccer, did you notice, notice anything about top 10 plays of the day? All of a sudden, two or three of the top 10 plays of the day are something that was on their network. They do that all day long. They're great promoters. They need to somehow get ESPN interested, I think. Uh, That would be a big boost, but they, they, if not ESPN, it needs to be somebody. Uh, So, I mean, the answer is there is no answer. You know, there's only X number of people interested in, in women's golf. And uh, how do you change that? Well, I, I have no idea and I don't think anybody else does either.
0: I think one of the things that they might try, I know one thing that, that works for the crowds, if you will, like at pebble and stuff or these celebrity pro-ams. And there's a whole bunch of celebrities because we covered a bunch of them up here. Some of them were B list and C list. And some of them you didn't even know who the heck they were, but I, you know, if there's a very attractive lady playing and, and you've got, you know, Kevin Cosner playing with her or something like that, that will attract, uh, the you know viewers and stuff but you, the other thing that you touched on it and you were dead bang on you gotta promote it um you know it's and it's gotta be an across the board promotion to get the viewers I mean I know that from <clears throat> excuse me from working in television if you just if you just focus that promotion for example on golf channel golf channel in the in the big scheme of things doesn't have that many viewers okay so you'll reach three, 400,000 viewers, maybe something like that. Yeah.
1: Not even close. Yeah. Not even close to that. I mean, Gabby, I think golf channels at any given moment, there's about 15 to 20,000 people who watch golf channel. I right. get a little obvious for tournaments, but yeah, 300. I don't think is. I don't know if golf channels ever had enough viewers to actually get a 0.1 rating on the Nielsen ratings. You know, so it's, it's, that's not the right network and their priority is the PGA tour. So you're always going to be playing second fiddle to, there's just no room on the golf channel for women unless, until they make room. Yeah. But the other thing (laughs) is, you know, Americans, Americans have a hard time with the Asian culture and Asian names and the names, you know, it's like somebody comes to America and starts watching NBA. There's a lot of Smiths and Johnsons and Williams. Uh, Which one's which? It's hard to know. Well, we got a lot of, we got Lydia Ko, we got Jin Young Ko. Uh, I think Americans have a tough time and since they don't watch a lot of women's golf. It's hard to get to know those Asian players because their names are similar. Really, there's no good venue to follow women's golf
0: that's very true. Uh, we are going to take another quick break here and be back with Gary Van Sickle on, uh, grilling at the green. I got the show right today. Anyway. Um, Gary's always got great answers to great questions. I will tell you that myself. Uh, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. Hey, it's JT. And this part of grilling at the green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, welcome back Why to do, Grilling It's Green. I'm JT. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf Tour Quality Clubs at Factory Direct Prices. You can check them out at uh, benhogangolf.com. Um, also, if you want to email us, it's pretty easy. Just golf at salempdx.com. So there you go. <clears throat> We've got, we're headed into to major season shortly here in a few weeks we've got the masters coming up and then you know you you got it they just kind of go right into uh june june july right there do you think changing that format of making uh the the majors earlier in the season has helped or hindered
1: that's that's an excellent question. I don't know that it's made a difference, but I feel personally I don't like it because when the last putt drops at the Open Championship in July, you're like, well, that's it. It's yeah. Not nature an for like nine months. At least when the PGA was in August, you had a reason to go into August. Yeah. So I, I did. You know, it feels like the golf season's over. Of course, it's not, but you know, for some people, it is. At the FedEx Cup is not something I'm going to lose any sleep over when. You know, they keep changing the scoring system and, you know, you, you play all year long, get these points, and then they wipe them out and start over at the FedEx Cup. It's like, well, what did I – why did I have to pay attention to these numbers you kept up? So I, I liked it better when this – you know, August is a big golf month. Why isn't there a major in August? Well, it's – you know, it's a bad weather month. It's it's hard to – anywhere you go, it's going to be sizzling hot. And I don't know, the PGA of America love to go to – Places in the south in August, which I remember, Tulsa, Southern Hills in 2007 when Tiger won and Woody Austin was in contention, and I remember you walked across the parking lot by the clubhouse, which was black asphalt. I mean, you walked quickly because you could your feet were your feet were hot. Yeah, yeah. Feeling it was like yo, like walking on a beach on a hot day. So I understand there's weather issues, but that really isn't. You know, it really worked out where there was an opening in May and the PGA of America thought their tournament would get better uh, exposure then. And they were right. The PGA is, is, a better tournament in May, I think. And they've gotten a, they've, it's a lot more, it's gained in stature. So it's, yeah. it's good for them, but you know, we're sitting around in August going, well, what's left for us? The FedEx cup. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I guess, you know, the tour has to get away from football a little bit, although ironically they still play in the fall. So but you didn't get away from it at all. You're still going up, I guess. So yeah. I, I, do you do you feel let down when the when the last major is over? Or?
0: Well, yeah, and I, you know, when you uh, and I'm a college football fan and a, and a professional fan, but when that's over in August, then depending on the year, as you know, you either have the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup, and to me, those are just kind of fun things. But I don't sit there glued to the TV for three days watching those, you know, I'll hit some highlights, maybe one afternoon, if I'm not doing anything, I'll watch a bit of it, but I'm not, uh, I'm just not glued to it because my mind, what little of it uh, left of it there is at this stage is I'm thinking about other things because I've had that lapse. I mean, I'm still playing, I'm still going to the course and playing and doing that, but I'm not like, hey, I gotta hurry up and get home because the president's cup is on. That that doesn't cross my mind.
1: You gotta turn into a millennial and you've got to have a couple TV screens and a phone screen going at the same time. So you got the president's cup and the you know Notre (laughs) Dame Boston Cup game over here, and oh, here's the thing. And of course, you gotta bet on the Auburn Florida game. So you gotta have that over here. Yeah. Multitask. You know, it's funny. You mentioned you're not glued to the Presidents Cup or whatever, and it is meaningless, but it's fun. It's a funny thing about match play, and that even the Ryder Cup or even the match play tournament that the tour has in Austin, if you have to commit to it, and if you commit to watching match, match play, you get sucked into the vortex of this match going back and forth. You know, it, match play TV is better because each hole has a conclusion. It's satisfying. Each hole, is somebody wins. Or loses, or is a tie, right? And it's way better TV spectating. But if you just sit there and for a few minutes and watch, you're kind of like, yeah, you don't know what's going on. But if you get if you watch for like 45 minutes or an hour, you see the flow of the match, you get into it, and then you do get drawn down the vortex into the rabbit hole, and you can't quit watching it. I mean, I'm not a fan of the president's, except for the fact that the rest of the world should have some kind of match play thing like that but, and, and it doesn't matter, but it's fun to, you know, I get into it. It's fun. If I sit down, I get drawn in and I, I get into it and I enjoy it.
0: Well, maybe that's the answer you just touched on there with the Saudis, you know, maybe they can organize a, a series of tournaments that are match play around the world and, you know, stay out of North America and, and you know wherever else, and maybe they can do it in the Middle East or the Far East or whatever. Maybe that's yeah. their answer.
1: Well, they're they, it's supposed to be a team format, so I think they want to use a similar thing where you're rooting for a team versus an individual. Yeah, I, I, I would guess it's going to be stroke play because TV hates match play because they don't know when it's going to end, and they're deathly terrified of dead air. If somebody wins eight and seven and they got to fill an hour, oh my, That it's it's a nightmare. So that's why TV doesn't want match play. Now, if they could play metal match play, they could, okay, I shoot my, my 71 beats your 73. I could see that being the format for something like that. But again, going back to what we were talking about before, if this thing was going to get off the ground, I think we'd know what the format was and where they were going to be playing. Yeah. And who was going to be, and who signed up. I don't think. If somebody was, look, if they had somebody big signed up, they'd announce it because they need to draft off that person and, you know, recruit more guys. So,
0: well, I I think that, you know, um, last year when he was still, he was hurt, but they asked Tiger at an interview and he said, no. He they said you know he was like would you consider going over there and playing in their league and all that and he said no I'm a PGA uh, tour guy and I think and this is just my thoughts Gary but I think that when he said that a lot of guys maybe like Justin Leonard um you know that whole group Xander Shoffley all those guys kind of looked to him and if he would have said yes I think he probably would have had some more people jump or at least considered it at the time. But I think when, you know, uh, old man lightning came out there and sat down and said, no, I'm not interested in that. I think that quelled uh, a lot of enthusiasm for it. Cause you said it right at the top of the game. He still moves the needle. He is the needle. So I, I, that's just my thoughts. I have no, there's no scientific analysis in that.
1: Well, I, it's not like the players on the PGA tour are suffering. You know, Mickelson made some good points when he shut off his mouth. They aren't making the kind of money that even baseball players make, but they got it pretty good. They can pick and choose when they feel like playing and where, you know, where to play. They don't have to. Hey, if I don't like a course, I always play poorly. I don't have to go show up there. Right. You know, the 125th guy on the money list, anybody who still remembers that, I mean, is is like around a million dollars. These are million dollar year jobs. They're pretty good. And if you're on the PGA Tour, besides getting a million dollars, somebody else, a couple of sponsors are throwing another half a million to three quarters of a million at you at least. So why would I give that? You know, it's pretty handy. Why would I give that up to go have to play? You know, I, I'm assuming if you're a part of a team, you're going to have to play every time. Right. You know, and so if you're talking originally, they were talking 18 or 20, 20 events. and like, you know, Tiger and Phil did, aren't going to do that. Uh, so you, you, on top of everything else, so it's more money, but it's it's probably more more events, and you have less control, and, and you're on the other side of the world. Uh, if you're you know all these Americans like, all we have to do is travel in, in in America or maybe go to Canada, we don't have to know any languages, we don't have to go through passport control. This is great. Why would I give that up to get more money that I'm never going to spend? I mean, Jordan Spieth has got more money. Than he could spend in two lifetimes. The money isn't a lure for him, although I understand no matter how rich you are, if somebody's talking 20, 30, 40 million, it still gets your attention, even if you don't need it. Sure, but these guys have it good, and what Norman is offering, convenience wise, is, is much worse for them. And I think you know, if you're going to test PGA Tour players, they're going to take the laziest, easiest route out, which all of us would. I don't want to have to be a global traveler. I'd rather just fly around the U S and get my, you know, Delta miles. And it's, it's a- <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's very true because you just, um, uh, it, it, they've got it. They've got it good now. When you start being a global traveler, not only the time away from home, but going back and forth across the pond, those are very long flights. They're very tiresome. Uh, you get weary. uh, And if you don't have to do that, why? We're going to take another break, come back and wrap up the show with our buddy Gary Van Sickle right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with uh, Gary Van Sickle. Gary will probably stick around for after hours because he and I could talk for hours about this stuff. Did you go to the PGA show? You did. You did because you went and tested some stuff down there.
1: I did. It was the worst one ever and, because all all of the major all of the major manufacturers showed uh, stayed away. None none of them showed up. Nobody. Bridgestone was there, but they really all they had some balls. They didn't really have equipment. Um, there was just nobody there and here's how bad it was the best thing in the show by far I wrote about it the first day I I actually the first day I went to demo day and I was supposed to write five things that I thought were interesting
0: right I read well, that
1: it's yeah well it's a good thing I didn't have to write about six things I <laughs> was high because hardly anybody was at demo day either and it was all smaller things but the, the first day of the de- uh, the actual, show in the convention center in Orlando by far the best thing this uh, it was called Pu- uh, pub odd og OG it's like a gazebo but it's a 10 by ten gazebo but it's octagonal so it's not a perfect 10 by ten and inside is an Irish pub an authentic Irish pub I know that sounds crazy it was eighty thousand dollars as soon as you stepped inside this thing you felt different it was like a real Irish pub. There was room for like four seats. It had a, it had a bar. It had the back bar with all this oak and mahogany and all this, and there's whiskey and stuff everywhere. It was, the, I get, every time I talk about it, I get goosebumps. I mean, cause it was that cool and I'm not even a drinker. So, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know if a golf course would want to have one of these cause you can't fit 30 people in it. You can fit about six.
0: Right. Uh,
1: the, the the bar was made of oak, they even knew what tree it came from. It came from a certain tree that was planted in 1761, and it came down in uh, Hurricane Ophelia in 2017. So they knew the tree was 260 years old or whatever it was. And there's a plaque there saying this is where the wood came from. And like You're like, oh, my gosh, I, that's that's incredible. It, I'm sure you've been to places in the U.S., and probably in California, where someplace claims to be like a British pub, right? Not in Irish. And it's, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing like it. Or you play a, a course in America that claims to be a Lynx course. It's not a Lynx course. I'm telling you that you walk inside this thing. It is exactly like an Irish pub. So they were $80,000. The guy told me later that uh, when the show opened the first day, they sold their first one after 15 minutes. You know. <laughs> You Know how many of these things they sold in two and a half days at the show at 80,000 a pop?
0: I'm going to guess 10.
1: 25. Holy crap! Two million dollars. Nobody did anything like that kind of business. If they were the star of this show. They did more business. Than the coolest thing. What was the second coolest thing? Uh, it was a 30 way tie of, you know, stuff. <laughs> I, I'm dismissive, but I, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm there looking for golf equipment like clubs, and those weren't there. It was accessories, you know. Obviously, there's apparel, and there's putting mats, and there's colleges. You want you know go to school and learn how to be a PGA pro, and oh my god, all kinds of places selling lithium batteries. I don't know why they're at the show. Uh, a lot of fitness things on the putting floor on the show. There's a big putting green you can usually barely set foot on there because there's so many guys hawking their putters. There were two putters for sale. Two, two putters came to the show. One was the makefield putter, which is a big heavy mount with adjustable weights. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and I wrote about it because again, it was an actual golf club and they were hard to find. And the other one, which I think was even better was Brian Tennyson, a former PGA tour player. He's got the lean lock putter and it's a, uh, it's an arm lock, but he's developed a new thing where you, the arm lock, the shaft of the putter goes, the grip goes on the outside of your elbow rather than the inside. And you know, that made a huge difference. I've tried the arm lock, the regular one. I, I'm, I'm like a baboon with that thing. I can't make that work at all. But the outside of outside of my elbow, he that thing was easy. And he is on to something. So, Brian Tennyson is a uh, there's there are ghosts walking around behind. Yeah,
0: I know. Them. I uh, The ghost came through my screen there.
1: So there was. So again, that was another funner. But the show, they were just. It was all accessories, and I'm a little less interested in that. I, you know, I don't care. I did see uh, a company had some crazy ball markers, and there was one. It was the same size. It looked at la- exactly like a Ritz cracker. Uh-huh. It's like a counter and it looks like a Ritz cracker. That you as your ball marker. I, that was funny. But again, if you're a real player you don't use a poker chip or a big thing like that as a ball marker that if you use that that tells everybody i'm a i'm a chop
0: yeah yeah i collect those big ones but i never use them i yeah i like them but i i use them sparingly yeah yeah okay we're gonna wrap up the show here with gary gary's gonna stick around for after hours Thank you for being with us on the regular show, Gary. I always appreciate it. Um, We'll be back next week with some more great stuff here on Grilling at the Green. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, All Rights Reserved.